0: Hey everyone, welcome to today's podcast. We're talking about losing weight before 2024. Um, at this moment in time, it is just about the beginning of October and that gives us about two and a half, three months left before it's the new year. And this is the sweetest time of the year to focus on your weight loss. And it's a time a lot of people overlook. Um, and the reason why is that you don't have to lose a lot of weight, okay? What you wanna do at the very least is really start to optimize your weight loss strategies in a way that's sustainable. And this is the perfect time to do it. Um, it's estimated that that on average, people will put a pound, two pounds on during the holidays, and which isn't that much, but what happens is it, it consistently stacks up year after year. So what you can do here in a very relatively easy way is to start focusing on your weight loss and what you're going to do for the rest of the year um, so that you know, again, you lose some weight, and you go into the holidays with that momentum. And even if you, you know, enjoy your holidays, go to holiday mode for a little while, you move into the new year with all that momentum behind you. Do not wait until January first to say, "Okay, now I'm going to do it." You, you've got to stop doing that, right? It's too hard. It's kind of this cold start. You know what I mean, like where you're just you're completely cold, and you just think you're going to January first be perfect. Instead, start now. Start now and again, this is why I was, I was kind of everything early. I know everyone wants to get fast weight loss, but this is an opportunity for you to say, let me get middling weight loss by doing middling things. Let me kind of just do some simple, easy things to get myself on the right track so that when the January 1st comes, I've got some of this momentum behind me. And what do I mean by momentum? I have figured out some strategies to deal with my nighttime eating. I've implemented some more healthy habits. I'm drinking more water. I'm going to bed a little earlier, I've started walking a little bit, whatever that may be for you. And... As you start focusing on this way of, of looking at it, you start going into the holidays, really practicing a new way to approach your weight loss. And again, setting yourself up for success January 1st. So the 2024 becomes the year you truly, truly master your weight. But it starts now. There's almost no sense of you starting January 1st from a cold start where you're going to get better results than you've ever gotten in the last years you've tried that. Okay. So now's the chance. And what we do is if you can even just do a middling amount of effort, you will probably avoid that holiday weight gain. Okay. And you'll, you'll go into the new year, um, down a number of pounds with enhanced strategies and and habits already in place. So you can really, really succeed. So that's how I want you to think about this. And what are some little things you can do starting right now? to help yourself make that happen and focus on the little things again this is an opportunity for not to do the all or nothing thing but to do the all or something thing where you make small simple strategic systematic changes to what you're doing so that it doesn't feel overwhelming so that you can do it during the holidays so that you can do it at this time of year Um, and if you never think about your weight loss at this time of year there's an extra bonus to just allow yourself to associate this time of year with thinking about weight loss. Because a lot of times people start going to a trance right about now and just saying, oh, I'll I'll pick it up in January 1st. You got to stop doing that, okay? So even if you're not gonna give it 100% effort, giving it 20% effort, 25, 30% effort is still gonna be a transformational experience for you if you never think about weight loss during this time of year, all right? So give it some thoughts, think about some simple things you can do and start doing them and I hope this helps you out. Um, If anyone has any questions, feel free to ask them. Let's see what we got here. I saw someone ask something, but I think it was an ad. Like a spam ad. Go to Sheen and type in the search bar for $200. Nicole, I don't know if I'd believe that, folks. <laughs> Maybe it's $2 off if you spend $3,000 or something. I never believe those things, right? It's a it's a good practice not to believe stuff like that. <laughs> but maybe I'm maybe I'm giving you bad advice. Maybe maybe this really is true and you can just get two hundred bucks. Um, am I even saying that right? Is it sheen? Shine? I don't know. But yeah, what are we doing? Back on back on the grind, right? It's Tuesday. Uh hope you had a nice long weekend if you're in America here. Um had a nice weekend. Oops, what's going on? Trying to get some there we go yeah back on the weekend though back off the weekend uh, if you had a long weekend it's not a bad one though this is one of those ones that's not too bad to stay somewhat on track with because it's not like a big barbecue one um, the old indigenous people's day one right there's not too much food associated with that one at the moment <laughs> which is surprising um, but at some point Let's see here, though. But what are y'all doing? I I know. It's funny too. Like like weight loss, I've been doing this for a long time, and so typically there's patterns. But um, typically, for the average person, the majority of people, weight loss kind of falls off the radar. You know, for the average person, until the first of the year, starting right about now. You know, and then there's some people that get in right before October's over. You know, and, and give it a, a push. And I think that's the smartest move. You know, as I was saying. Um, because again, you can start thinking longer term. It's a way to kind of change up the way you're approaching the weight loss. Oh, that's cool. But what are you guys doing? Are you thinking about weight loss? You do anything? Today's Tuesday too, so I always think that's interesting. It's a good opportunity to uh you know, get back on track if if you're so inclined. Are you so inclined? You know, I don't know. Sometimes people, uh, when when it comes like, a week like this week when there's a holiday can sometimes throw people off, right? Because you're just used to starting on Mondays. Right, and so if all of a sudden it's um you know there's a holiday on the Monday, it's like well I can't start on a holiday, you know, so I'll have to start Tuesday, and then Tuesday comes and you're like wow well, it's Tuesday, well I'll just wait till next Monday, <laughs> but then next Monday's gonna come, and then it's gonna be like well there's Halloween candy everywhere, I can't start losing weight if there's Halloween candy, right? I can't start a diet if I'm eating candy, right? Because if I'm gonna start a diet, it's got to be 100 perfect, so. um that's what happens though you know what i mean like like that's why i love my favorite days again i always say this but um sundays and sundays and uh mondays are my favorite days to get on and this week tuesdays because you know everyone on Sundays like getting ready to start their plan for monday and then uh what's up bailey um and then uh on tuesday you know monday comes and it's like ah maybe not you know and so it's like, that's what weight loss is for most people. It's this, it's this perpetual process of I'll start Monday. Mm, here's Monday, yeah, maybe next Monday, <laughs> right? You just keep pushing it off. Uh, you've probably been pushing it off for weeks now, months now, maybe years, right? And uh, you know, you, you tend to think like, well, it's cause I'm don't have willpower. I'm lazy or whatever. But I tend to look at it like the big problem is that your weight loss plan sucks and you don't want to do it. And so that's the problem, you know, I could I always joke, and I, you, you'll know some of the people know me, know what I'm about to say, but program yourself then is probably the only weight loss program. Anyone would start on a Friday, <laughs> you know? And I think that's so funny, um, but uh, that's a good sign though. You know what I mean? That's a litmus test for next time you start, like you genuinely like start approaching your weight loss seriously, make sure it's a plan. You, you could start on a Friday, right? Cause if you're like, oh, I would never start on a Friday, then that's a plan you're not gonna stick with. What's the point? you know so uh anyways uh jasmine says hi jim do you have any more examples of what triggers are you said about eating at night etc oh yeah yeah eating triggers can be anything the big ones are location right the place that you're in environment Um, but environment can be broken down so we'll say location people right there's certain people trigger you to overeat no people around right all of a sudden you're alone right that's my to overeat uh time of day time of evening right that's a trigger a lot of times You'll notice, right? If you start paying attention to your eating, you're gonna to start to notice that it's very, very pattern oriented. Your behaviors are run by your subconscious mind based on environmental cues that are below your awareness. And so again, yeah, the <clears throat> the big triggers for for the eating thing is location, people, time, and moods. What mood are you in, right? You get in a shitty mood. Let's see what happens with your eating. Right? So those are the big four triggers to start with. I'm not saying there aren't other triggers, but those are the big four I see. And those are the ones we practice in the program really identifying because I'm telling you folks, you're eating, you're like a robot. You're like a little robot with a little programming in your brain and body that trigger all your behaviors. And you're eating as part of that, you know? Which is, again, this this concept of how you, you know, I, 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 I don't want to keep going into this, but it's like, you all, anyone listening to me right here, you've been trying to lose weight for decades, I'm going to guess. And how little you know about actual weight loss and all the things that affect your weight, it's it's gobsmacking from my point of view. Um, you just know so little about how your brain works, how your habits work, how to motivate yourself, um, how to deal with your emotions, how to actually change your behavior. <laughs> it's like how to think like a thin healthy person. There's so much missing uh information for you you know and the reason i say that is because you th- you think you know what to do and you just can't get yourself to do it so you, you approach your weight loss like it's a willpower problem you know information and willpower you, you need the right diet or workout plan you're kind of missing it and you need to force yourself to do it and that's how you think about weight loss like that's it that is it you know and um it's there's so much more to it and, and that's good news because Uh, once you realize that, then you can get better at those things and you can not only lose the weight, but more importantly, you can get to your goal weight and live the rest of your life there on near autopilot. I know you never even consider that a a possibility, right? (laughs) But it is, it is a possibility. You know what I mean? So it's like, um, it's really important that you, uh, I don't know that you start to, yeah, you're welcome, Jasmine, Th- that you start to see the bigger picture, you know, so you have more to work with, you know, because you keep approaching this like it's just a willpower thing. You're going to spend forever never getting the results you want. Um, yeah. And the triggers, Jasmine, that's a great question because, you know, again, pre- program yourself is a preventative approach, right? So again, because you just think about your weight loss as a willpower thing, you just think you're just going to force yourself to do the right thing. You're going to be conscious at all times from this point forward of everything you're going to do, and you're always going to make yourself choose the right right decision, And there's no sense of, like, understanding your subconscious programming that's running your behaviors. And um, it would be like saying, and I I use this often, but it would be like saying that, oh, you know, tomorrow, starting tomorrow, I'm going to start using my other hand to brush my teeth and use the computer mouse. Okay, you, go ahead and make that decision and let's see how it goes because it's a completely automated behavior. And so, as soon as you decide you're going to do it, um, you know, as soon as you decide you're gonna do it, doesn't mean shit, you don't have the programming. You don't have the programming to brush your teeth with your hand, or to write with the other hand, or to use a computer mouse with your hand. You don't have that programming, so decide away. And when you decide away and keep doing it, you're gonna realize how difficult it is to consciously do automated behaviors. It's annoying, frustrating, and tiring. And that's just, and using a computer mouse and um, brushing your teeth is easy work compared to changing all of your eating starting today, you know? So, again, I say this stuff to you because I know you feel apathetic and and discouraged and mad and frustrated with yourself because you can't lose the weight. And you're just completely missing the whole point, you know? And so that's why I do this every day. Jasmine says, I've been listening to your podcast. Amazing. So I'm trying to figure out where I fail and why. Yeah. Um, You know, I'll say this, Jasmine. I wouldn't even look at it as failing. I would look at it as like you have programs to overeat, right? So what's the average program a person has? Uh, Okay, it's 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock at night, you sit on the sofa and you eat ice cream or cookies or chips or whatever and watch TV. And let's just say you've been doing all five years. So that's an automated behavior. You got programmed into your subconscious mind. Okay. And so now you say, well, I'm going to go on a diet. And you say, no more snacking at night. And now eight o'clock comes and your mind says, hey, it's time to eat the ice cream. Let's go. And you said, no, 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 I'm not going to do that. We're on a diet. And your subconscious mind says, yeah, but it's eight o'clock. Let's, let's eat ice cream. Nope. Want a diet. 30 seconds go by. Hey, it's time to eat some ice cream. Nope. Want a diet. Hey, this feels weird. Why aren't we eating ice cream? Because we're on a diet. What about cookies? Nope, i on a diet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this is what you're trying to do. So it's not a it's not a failure. It's just there's a lack of programming to sit on the sofa and just watch TV. <clears throat> Excuse me. You have no program to just sit on the sofa and eat an apple. You don't have any program to just sit there and you know read a book and just read a book. You don't have that programming. You have programming at eight o'clock sit on the sofa, watch TV, eat, and it's all one integrated behavior now, and you try and fight against it. So, um, but you're right on the right path, Jasmine. That's the first step again. Now, now here's the thing, you know, you pick one at a time, you know, so you pick your, your worst eating habit and you go to work on it. Cause there's a lot of little triggers for it, right? There there's, it's, it's bundled behavior. There's thought patterns. There's anchors, right? Sitting on the sofa, watching the TV. These are anchors that trigger your mind to say, okay, sitting on the sofa, watching TV. It's eight o'clock at night. Where's the ice cream? You know? So you have this, this integrated behavior where if one piece is missing, it feels weird, and that weirdness can mess with us you know and so um yeah understanding them <clears throat> understanding them in detail is great because the more detail you have the more elegant of a solution you can create so good job jasmine and good job listening to the podcast because again listening to this podcast you'll um you'll, you'll approach your weight loss and how you're going to achieve it in a much different way um dina dina mave i binge i binge tonight and ruined my diet <laughs> I'm glad you said that. I mean, I feel bad that you binged and ruined your diet, but you didn't ruin shit. You know what I mean? Like, like again, you you approach your diet. Most people think of a diet like it's a sprint, right? You, you got this much time to lose the weight. I, I got to lose weight this week. I got to lose weight this month. I'm going to do extreme shit to make the weight go away. And all of a sudden there's a mistake and it feels catastrophic. I blew it. Right, you run a sprint and you trip a little bit. You lost the race. The only thing that wins a sprint is perfection, and that is how you think about weight loss. And so, binging tonight doesn't matter a shit of difference in the long term. Now you're not thinking the long term. Your time frame's this big, but what your goal is really is this. Your time frame's this big because what's more accurate? Do you want to just lose weight, or do you want to return to your goal weight and live the rest of your life at your goal weight on near autopilot? Which which goal is actually more accurate to you? Because they're not the same. Okay, And so what you're fixating on is short-term weight loss. And so every mistake feels catastrophic to you. The truth is that one binge doesn't mean anything as long as you learn from it and get yourself back on track. You didn't ruin anything. If anything, you've grown and evolved if you learn something from it, if you understand yourself better, if you're able to be more strategic with how to approach tomorrow night and avoid the binge. See, if you don't learn anything from it, yeah, you've ruined everything. Go, go quit. See you next three months when you start all over again. Repeat the same cycle. But if you look at the binge and really understand what was going on there so that you can understand what caused the binge and now you can avoid it, then you haven't ruined shit. You've, you've done the opposite of ruin. You, you've fixed your diet. Hope that makes sense. I binge ate tonight, ruined my diet. I can't even breathe. Yeah, again, you didn't ruin anything. Just sit with that feeling, though, you know. Sit with that feeling, not to beat yourself up, just to associate, um, just to associate the feeling, right? So, a big part of what I, I help my clients do is, you, we've all been conditioned food-wise to think about food. There's three phases of eating. There's anticipation, consumption, consequence. And we have been obsessively conditioned through advertising and the culture to obsessively focus on the anticipation and consumption of food when we think about what we're gonna eat. We think about every food commercial that you've seen, and you've seen millions and millions of food ads in your life. Every commercial you see is a hypnosis session, and they're constantly conditioning you to think about what you're going to eat in terms of the anticipation of the food and the consumption of it. Very rarely do you think about the consequence of what that food's going to be, even though it always follows, okay? So here you binge, you ate too much, and now you can hardly breathe. You feel so full. So now you're stuck in this feeling of shame and frustration and anger at yourself for doing it, and all of that's not going to help you at all. What will help you is to sit with that feeling. Sit with the feeling of being so full you can barely breathe, that pain in your stomach, that feeling of, God, I did it again. That feeling of oh, frustration, depression, sadness, whatever feelings come with it for you. Sit with all of that, not to beat yourself up, but just to associate to the consequence of the binging, because that's something you're not doing. So that eventually, when it comes time to choose what you're gonna eat, and you get into a situation where you typically would choose to binge, You now say, what do I want to do? And instead of thinking about the anticipation and consumption of the food, which drives up the craving for it, you now say, how am I going to feel five minutes after I finish eating? And now your brain says, oh, I remember that last time I could barely breathe. I felt fucking so mad at myself. I'm doing it again. I I hate that feeling. I hate the feeling of being just stuffed and binging. I don't like it. I don't want that feeling. Well, if you think that before you binge there's a much higher chance you're not gonna do it. Not because you're stopping yourself, but because when you think about the natural consequence that follows it, your brain says, ugh, I don't want that. Now what you may be doing is I don't wanna gain weight, but that weight's way in the future. Your mind says, oh, fuck it, we'll binge now and tomorrow we'll just start the diet, you know? So you need to think about the consequence that's five minutes following the behavior. I hope that helps you out. So you're in, you're in prime real estate now. In programming yourself then, one of the mantras we, we learn and, and install is, Mistakes are your greatest teachers, okay? And so here's an opportunity for you to really connect to the consequence that comes after the binge. Not beating yourself up. That's not the consequence. The consequence I'm talking about is the physical, mental, emotional consequence that follows the binge. Remind yourself of that. You'll have to do this repeatedly, but eventually you'll get to the point where you say, do I want to binge? And you're going to say, I don't because I don't like how that feels. Billy says, hypnosis will help help with your mindset has changed mine in such a short period of time yeah bailey's in the program so again in programming yourself then you know probably the most comprehensive unique approach to weight mastery on the planet but a big part of the program is these bookending hypnosis sessions each day you get a five minute session in the morning a 10 minute session at night and you're starting and ending your day relaxed calm with all this positive stuff in your mind helping you develop a thin and healthy mindset okay um so that's a huge part of the program. But another part of the program is exactly what um, what the other person was saying what after you binge. The core of the program is the program yourself in technique, which is the redo rehearsal technique. You folks, you you approach your weight loss like you're going to start day one being perfect. And you're going to be perfect all the way until you get to your goal weight. That's not going to happen. Wake up. <laughs> That's not going to happen. You're not just all of a sudden because it's Monday and you decided to go on a diet. It doesn't mean you're just going to eat perfect from now on. You're not. You're not going to eat perfect. So, if you really understand that and realize that, what's the next step? You can't be fucking perfect, okay? It's not even an option. It's not on the menu. You're not going to be perfect. <laughs> That's not a bad thing. So, if you're not going to be perfect, what do we do now? Oh... Well, the diet's gonna to be tough to do because right because it, it really hinges on being perfect. So what do we do? Well, we come up with a strategy to learn from our mistakes quickly and get ourselves back on track fast. That's the most important skill of mastering your weight, not being perfect. How you doing, Don? But no one thinks that way, you know? So again, the program yourself then technique, it's kind of like um it's kind of like brushing your teeth. You know what I mean? Like you, you eat, eat clean one day, you know, eat sugar the next day, but it, you brush your teeth every day. Kind of, it's kind of a fresh start, you know. And so the redo a technique, especially, is really important because you're gonna make mistakes, you know. Like it's you need a process to learn from your mistakes. You do not have that with dieting. It's all or nothing, perfection or bust. Well, it's bust. It's bust for 90, you know, 82% of the population's overweight or obese. 95% of people fail to lose weight on a diet. So it's bust for pretty much everyone. Shitty strategy, folks. You know, now again, it's a shitty strategy, but you internalize it like it's your fault. Like it's like the problem is because you don't have willpower, you're too addicted to food or whatever story you're telling yourself about why you can't lose weight. And I'm sitting here telling you the primary reason you're not losing weight is because you have zero strategy. You have no strategy to change your behavior, your mindset, your habits, how you think about food, yourself, your health, you know? It's just you, like, just give me the new diet. You know, the diet's changed, but you stay the same. Why would the diet be any different? What diet's going to be different for you, you know? Oh, my God, Don, I bet, right? Yeah, Don's like, I can no longer hear my girlfriends with on and off weekly discussions. I know. It's like you just... Again, I'm I'm not busting your chops, people, because I know you're just, you're conditioned. You've been, we all have, we've all been conditioned to think like dieters in this society. Millions of ads always causing us to think like dieters. And so it's hard to break free of that. I I don't, I know that. But I'm here to help you break free of it because it's the number one thing that's trapping you being overweight is your mindset. The number one thing. You think like a dieter and thinking like a dieter keeps you overweight. You need to learn how to think like a thin, healthy person. And how are you doing that? How are you learning to think like a thin, healthy person? Where are you getting the support for that? You know? You're not. And so what's the plan? You know, that that's what I'm trying to do here. Again, you, you take it on personally. It's a personal shortcoming that you can't lose the weight. And I'm sitting here telling you, it's just because you don't have a map. You don't have a plan. You really don't. Like every diet, what are you going to do? Oh, I'm just going to stop eating carbs? That's it? Like that's your plan? You're going to stop eating carbs? You're gonna completely change your eating start tomorrow and just totally different. You know, I get it because it's hard to see it because it's everyone's doing it, so it's hard to see it for how ridiculous it is. But uh, it's ridiculous, and so it's not a you thing; it's a ridiculous plan thing. <laughs> but you tell me, I mean, what are you guys struggling with? I mean, do you want to lose weight? Do you? I mean, I think most people don't even want to lose weight, anyways. I think you want to lose weight. I think that you associate weight loss with dieting. I think most people can't separate weight loss and dieting. It's just one and the same and they hate dieting and they have no faith in dieting. And so now it's like they almost become apathetic. They almost just given up on weight loss, you know? And you know, if you're in that situation, if you, if you think about losing weight 24 hours a day, but you're not losing any weight, there's a, there's a conscious subconscious incongruency, you know? Um, but it's not a you thing but it's never going to change either so I don't know how serious you are about losing weight most people aren't that serious about losing weight you know you always have to remember that just because you think about weight loss all the time doesn't mean you're really motivated you have to recognize that distinction I've found that most people don't want to lose weight they weigh what they want let me put it that way I think you weigh what you want I think everyone weighs what they want to weigh subconsciously you know you're in control of how much food you put in your mouth at the end of the day I'm simplifying the whole process, but I mean, at the end of the day, it comes down to how much calories you're putting in your body, on average. And um, I think most people don't want to lose weight. I think they they want to lose. Let me put it this way: they want to lose weight, but they want to eat the food more. Let's put it that way, right? And I think that's probably most people. And so, if that's the case, you know, uh, uh, the diet's never going to work because there's there's this deeper problem that's there. You know? And so this idea that some magical diet is going to come around the corner and fix everything or that someday, some Monday is going to roll around and you're just going to be able to follow your keto plan perfectly like it it doesn't make any sense. We need to have a more robust comprehensive approach I think. You know? But what do you think? Do you guys want to lose weight? (laughs) Imagine that though. Imagine if like you could lose weight and it could be easy and enjoyable and you could master your weight yeah understand this one. how about this one you you guys never even consider this possibility that you could return back to your goal weight and live there for the rest of your life on near autopilot like it's just it's practically automatic you know how like your overweight weight is automatic (laughs) right you're doing everything in your power you think about constantly changing lowering that weight but you keep staying at that overweight weight right but imagine if that instead of the overweight weight you just you were stuck at your goal weight like and it's just like what you did and kind of how you were just kept at your goal weight so that you're not just lost the weight you got you got to get past that the weight loss is just a phase it's just a temporary thing you know my problem is I never know what to eat because I am not a fan of leftovers. Um, well, Deb, I mean, if that's the problem, then you go to work on it. What, who gives a shit? I hate leftovers. I never eat leftovers. Why? How come that's not a problem for me? Because I have another alternative. I eat salads. So, So maybe the problem is... Now, listen, this is a common thing. This is a big thing, right? If you're raised and it's like... Then there is something literally biological about us to just waste food. It's hardwired into us to eat everything in front of us when we can't. That's hardwired in. And then there's cultural conditioning on top of that. But now, Deb, you've got the answer. So you either, you either say, okay, I'm going to eat leftovers, or you do what I do and I say, I don't eat leftovers. I don't eat leftovers because I eat a salad every day for lunch. So there's no room for me to eat leftovers. And I'm fine with that. I'll give them away. I'll throw them out. Oh, throw them out? Yeah. Doesn't feel good to throw it out, but I've made a, a big boy decision. I don't want to eat them. So probably what's happened, Deb, is you're probably incongruent, right? You don't want to eat the leftovers, but now you feel some weird guilt that you should eat them. So how do we fix that? Well, you could make less food when you make it. You could have leftovers and donate them to someone. You could take the leftovers and just throw them out. I know that doesn't feel good. <laughs> it may not feel good. But again, it, so much of programming self-thin is about recognizing the subtle little things that are making us incongruent. Okay, so this is a perfect example of that. You, you probably associate throwing out leftovers is wasteful. There, there's people starving and I'm throwing things out. It makes me feel like a bad person to throw out food, right? So you might have that, that feeling subconsciously. And it's what. so what's that feeling doing? It's causing me to eat 800 calories more at lunch than I would have eaten if I didn't have the leftovers. Well, I've gotten to the point personally where I say, I don't give a fuck. I don't care. I don't, I'm not going to be guilted into anything. I'll do my best not to have leftovers, but if leftovers show up, I'm not eating them because I ate a salad for lunch. I'm not going to feel guilty that I don't eat the leftovers. I'm not saying, you know, I don't feel good saying that. It doesn't, I'm not proud of myself when I say it. I feel, I feel like I'm saying something wrong. But, I still have internalized that. I don't give a shit. I'm, I'm not eating leftovers. So these are some of the things you got to do. I'll, I'll give you another example. Sometimes, now this doesn't really happen so much anymore, but my mom, she has over dinner. And, you know, part of it, she was like, oh, here's the desserts, here's the desserts, here's the desserts. And it's like, well, if I keep, you know, if I feel guilty and I eat them, she can keep doing it. So eventually I get to the point I, I don't want dessert. Well, I said that a bunch of times. She kept making it because I kept eating it. So eventually I said, you know what, I'm not eating it. And I sit there and watch the dessert, just do what you want with it. I don't give a shit. I'm not taking responsibility for this. So I don't, this is a really important conversation to have because there's so many little subtle emotions that are driving our behaviors. And this is one of them. So I'm, I'm glad you said that, Deb. But take that out. Remember, Deb, this is the part of the program, right? Come on. We take these little things and we, they're in the back of our minds just kind of running us. Oh, I feel guilty throwing out leftovers. Oh, I wouldn't even eat this if it wasn't leftover. I feel bad getting rid of them. We got to take that out and say, okay, wait a second. What's more important to me, these leftovers and eating them or my weight? And make the decision clear-minded, clear-headed. And then either eat all the leftovers and don't, you know, this is what I do. When there's leftovers, I never throw them out. I always eat them. And I'm overweight because of it. But at least I feel like a good person is not wasting food. Or I don't give a shit about the leftovers. I'm not eating them. I want to weigh what I want to weigh. You know? This program finally gave me hope that I can do it. Yeah, that's awesome. And you will do it, Bailey. And I'm excited to see you on the coaching call. Yeah, you can definitely do this. How you doing, Sophie? It's okay in my opinion to throw away leftovers if I'm not excited to have them. I feel the same way. I I just, I, so much of my weight mastery, a big part of it was really, how do I interact with other people? Because for me, in my reality, food was love. And people I loved showed their love to me through food. And so all of a sudden when I'm not eating like them or not eating the foods they prepared for me, it was a very difficult time to go through. But it brought me out to the other side where I don't, I'm not letting people's what think the thoughts about what i should do dictate my weight and my health you know it's a crazy world i will tell you my father died of a heart attack at 54 i was 9 years old um swore i was never going to go down that path 10 years later i'm 50 pounds heavier getting ready to go right down the same path and things changed for me i'm going to go into the details of that right now but that's what that's why i'm here right i dropped the 50 pounds i changed how i ate and instead of people encouraging me on a lot of the people that watched what happened to my father and what happened to us were, we're giving me shit about eating healthier and so it was hard at the time but I would not trade it for the world because it was very obvious to me a lot of times these things are very subtle and we don't recognize them this I recognized and I said I don't give a fuck if you if if I have to be overweight and unhealthy for you to feel love for me or for me to show love by eating that food then then that I'm not doing that and so I, I, I'm not doing it but that's the tough stuff that's the subtle things that are controlling your weight more than anything else you think it's like you can't stick to a plan and it's like there's so many little little subtle pieces that are, that are way bigger that you're just missing you know so let me tell you if, you if you're not in my world go to my bio click that link get the hypnosis session I give you and watch the training I give you three steps to master your weight because I point out these subtle things that you're just not even thinking about once you're aware of them now you're in the game why not balance it by donating food when you're shopping to cancel out the feeling? Sophie, now that that's a brilliant, I love that one. That's a great one. That is a great one. I'm going to use that. That's a good one, yeah. Get food and donate it. That'll balance it out a bit. That's a good one. I like it. You'll still have that guilt from throwing it away, I can almost guarantee, but don't let that guilt dictate your behaviors. If you want to lose weight, you know? Uh, do you believe processed foods are addictive? Do I ever? (laughs) Listen, man, these processed foods, I call them food cigarettes. Do you know the food companies are literally the cigarette companies? Do you know that Nabisco and R.J.R. Reynolds are literally merged together to the same company? Do you know the parent company of Kraft is Philip Morris? These companies divested from cigarettes in the 70s, went into food, and they brought the same philosophy to create the most addictive product possible, use the most aggressive marketing possible, and to sit on the science and confuse us all so that we don't associate the health Uh, consequences to these foods and so they're absolutely addictive a great book to read is salt sugar fat and the levels they go to to create addictive foods is beyond anything you'd imagine I'll give you one of the most egregious examples I know of Ben & Jerry's ice cream again I know deep in your mind you're thinking it's two hippies in the cabin in the woods up in Vermont slaving away on different ice cream recipes not anymore what it is is they put people into an fMRI machine that scans their brain real-time and they drip different ice cream solutions on their tongue to see which solutions you light up their pleasure centers the most. So, do I think that processed foods are addictive? I think they are one hundred percent addictive, and I think in our lives we're going to see a time when there are going to be warning labels on foods, just like they put them on cigarettes, because weight is the number one cause of preventable death, and so. Understand, just like, I always say this example. If I went back 100 years ago and I saw someone smoke and I say, hey, you shouldn't smoke. You're going to get, it's going to give you lung cancer. They would look at me like I was crazy because no one associated cigarette smoke in your lungs all day with lung cancer. And we had to be educated about that, okay? The same thing's going on with food. I mean, we just accept type 2 diabetes like it's just part of growing older. We, we have been constantly our whole lives conditioned to minimize the damage and effects that these foods have on our bodies, our lifespan, our quality of life, our freedom, our independence, our mobility, all of these things. So absolutely, I believe that. So he says that most have really affected you, but good for you to hold strong. It did affect me, but again, one thing it did teach me is, and in this here's another one, is that when you start becoming healthier and eating better and losing weight, the people that you're closest to, a lot of times they're not going to support you. It's not because they don't want you to succeed. You have to think about it. Like when you start making healthier choices, and start losing weight, it's kind of like you're holding up a mirror to them, and so now they start to like notice what they're doing, and they, it, it's an uncomfortable position that they didn't necessarily ask for. And now they're put in. So I have a lot more empathy than i did back when i was experiencing it them and i think the more you understand it, the better because again the more angry we get the more likely we are to overeat so again learning how to manage those emotions um is something that's been very helpful for me but yeah you got to hold strong sometimes you know yes the amount you ate is not the same as the amount you enjoy the meal yeah absolutely that's so true look sophie look at you dropping dropping pearls here I can never relax and let go during the hypnosis. I think about other things and fidget. What's wrong with me? Um, nothing's wrong with you. It's um it's a it's a skill, you know. I was very tense and anxious when I first started all this. And it's just a practice, you know. Um what I would suggest is go if you search Jim Katsoulis, K-A-T-S-O-U-L-I-S. That's me. <laughs> um, if you search that in SoundCloud. I actually, I have like 20 sessions there. And what I would suggest for you to listen to is the progressive relaxation one and realize that it's a practice. It's something you get better at the more you practice it. But that one's a good one to do because it's gonna, like once you get better at relaxing, the hypnosis becomes a lot more effective and powerful. But but go find that progressive relaxation one. Um, I think Americans need to move more food regulations. Oh yeah, there's no doubt. And adopt EU rules. Yeah, probably. In the EU, they have to prove it's safe, not prove it's unsafe. Yeah, okay, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's the whole, the whole the whole food thing here in the world is crazy. Is fasting effective um, for what? Losing weight? Um, is fasting effective for losing weight? Well, you know, I'm glad you asked that question. I get asked this all the time. You know, it just it really depends. It depends on the person. You know, what works for you may not work for another person. Um, what really matters is figuring out what works for you. And so I think, you know, the top two diets right now are intermittent fasting and keto, which uh, it's just so funny, you know, because at the end of the day, so, so wait, is, is, is fasting effective? Just, yes, I like fasting, but I just, I do, I call it nighttime fasting. You don't have to fast for 16 hours. There's no magic happening the last two, three hours. It's just a strategy to compress your reading primarily into a smaller window, which means you'll probably consume less. Um, but there's no magic to going in ketosis, to going intermittent fasting for all those things. You know, and it's like, we've been con- conditioned to think about our weight loss tactically. You know, like every diet is one tactic. Like keto, oh, just stop eating carbs. Intermittent fasting, just stop eating for 16 hours. Weight watch. just count your points. Uh, every, every, every diet's one tactic. I can promise you there's no one tactic that's gonna get the results that you're imagining in your mind. You need a holistic, comprehensive approach to mastering your weight. And the diet idea of just like changing like one thing in your diet is never gonna do it. You should customize a plan that works for you. So it's like, if you like fasting, knock yourself out. Okay. If you hate fasting for sixteen hours, then you don't have to do that. Do you know what I mean? Like start building your plan around you as opposed to trying to force yourself to follow some plan that you've never met the person, the person's never met you, and they're gonna tell you how to eat forever. It's so goofy. Like, would you let me tell you what movies to watch, what music to listen to, what clothes to wear, but you're gonna let me tell you how you're gonna eat for the rest of your life? It's it's so silly and it just really highlights the the level of desperation and lack of thought that people are utilizing with their weight loss, you know? And it's crazy. You're, you're literally in a trance when a dieter asks me, Oh, do you think I could be hypnotized? Are you kidding me? If you're a dieter, you're the most hypnotized person on the planet. <laughs> think about it. Think about it, right? You think like a diet, you can't even stop thinking like a diet. You can't think about weight loss any other way to the point. Like how many times have you fucking tried keto? Oh, well, I see. What I that say? I tried keto, but felt so burdened that I gained weight. <laughs> yeah, sure. But it's like the people that have tried keto for the 50th time, like what, what, what are you, what are you doing? What are you doing? If you've tried something 50 times and it hasn't worked, why would the 51st time do <laughs> it? again, I'm not saying if every time you try something a little different, you keep tweaking and optimizing and learning from the last time, that's, that's different. But if, if every time it's okay, tomorrow's Monday. I'm gonna try and stop eating carbs. I'm gonna try and go into ketosis again. Oh my god! Please stop. Because what you're doing is you're you're on this hamster wheel. I was okay. So like, imagine to run a lap around a, a track, right? And it's like you with your diet. It's like you're running from the start to ten feet down the road down down the track. And then you get tired, and then you just start over again. You're just running that same ten feet in the beginning. You never get past a couple days, a couple weeks. That's why I say you've got to upgrade your goal. Stop with the fucking weight loss. You don't want to lose weight. You've all lost weight before and put it back on. Are you happy you lost weight? Or are you pissed that you put it back on? Your focus is completely wrong. Stop focusing on the weight loss and start focusing on getting back to your goal weight and living at your goal weight for the rest of your life on near autopilot. The strategies you lo- use to lose weight fast, And the strategies you use to stay at your goal weight for the rest of your life are two completely different strategies. The strategies to lose weight fast are cut out all carbs, cut down to 1,200 calories, don't eat for 16 hours, uh, just eat meat. Uh, (laughs) You know what I mean? Just, Just eat 1,200 calories. This is the shit to lose weight really fast for a little bit. But wait a second, is it fast weight loss? Because let's just pick the queen of all diet fast weight loss approaches, water fasting. Let's say you water fast for the next 30 days and lose 25 pounds. Fast weight loss, right? But what if you start eating the next month and put all 25 pounds back on? Is that fast weight loss or is that no weight loss? Now let's say you do something small, smart, strategic, and systematic that's easy and that you can keep up forever. And you do that and you lose four pounds this month sad sad trombone right what's the point? Four pounds? this is going to take me forever but it's easy and you stick with it and the year goes by and now you're what 50 55 pounds down and you're able to keep it off forever is that slow weight loss or is that fast weight loss <laughs> Do you know what i mean your brain has been turned inside out by uh the diets you know what i mean so he says, I'm not going to lie, I feel like subconsciously I don't want to lose weight because it's a protection in a way. Hey, Sophie, all right. Yes, you absolutely. So that's why I said that earlier. Folks, you all weigh what you want to weigh subconsciously. You weigh what you want to weigh subconsciously. <laughs> Stop trying to lose weight. You don't want to lose weight. You want to weigh exactly what you weigh subconsciously. Do you not believe that? You're right, Sophie. A lot of women feel like the weight's protective in a way. A lot of guys do. I'll tell you one of the hardest parts of losing the weight was me to think of myself as I'm going to be this small guy. I'm a smaller guy. I'm not as big and muscular as a lot of other guys. I feel like I'm, I'm nervous. I'm not tough. I'm not macho. There, there was all this shit rolled up into it. And that's me as a guy. And women have a lot of experiences even worse. So a lot of women walking around with the weight as a protection do you not think that, folks? I can tell you, I've done over 5,000 private weight loss sessions. That's the most common woman reason to want to be overweight. They've been assaulted, they've had to deal with men's bullshit, and they keep the weight on as a way to protect themselves and avoid all that shit. And it's almost, there's always some, you do what you want to do. But you're right, Sophie. got to find out what works for you and stick with it. Absolutely, Joyce. There is no magic pill. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. But no one gives themselves the time. No one gives themselves... No one has a strategy to figure out what works for them. What people do is they drop into some extreme overcorrection. Every diet is an overcorrection. Right? I mean, like, even... (laughs) Every diet's an overcorrection. I'm just going to leave it with that one. Can I say, I've just been trying to walk 2.6 miles a day. Great job. I wouldn't say... I would take that just and send that to the moon. I've been, and I would take trying out too. Trying, remember that, your subconscious mind is very literal. That word try implies failure, right? If I told you I tried to close the door, is it open or closed, right? So you either been walking 2.6 miles a day or you haven't. I've been walking 2.6 miles a day, I wanna get it to every day um, and I'm working on that. But I got myself up, I'm three, four days a week, consistently I'm walking 2.6 miles a day. And I wanna get myself up to seven, days a week or five days a week because I'm going to feel amazing if I do that. And that's kind of a foundational piece I'm going to build on. But I love the walking. I get outside. I move my body. I'm doing something consistent. It's making me feel good. That's a different way of talking about it, right? That makes you feel different. That, oh, I've just I just, I've been just trying to walk 2.6 miles a day. First of all, that's no just. That's quite an accomplishment. I don't know where you started from, but if you start from zero up to 2.6, is a tremendous achievement. So that's great. So what, what need actually needs to be met? Well, the need that needs to be met again, this is, this is in program yourself. Then the very first thing we go through is motivation, because if you're not losing weight and you want to, it's because you're not motivated, you're not motivated to lose weight. It's so simple. You're making it complex, you know, and there's nothing worse than thinking that all you want to do more than anything in the world is lose weight and you can't do it. It's such a powerless idea and it's not true. It's not true. Intermittent fasting and low carb are working great for me with one super mixed salad and steak per day. That's great. That's what I mean. Like if if and, I, and now again, I want to say to people, okay, so so tick forty three four five six. This isn't this isn't at you, okay. But I want to make clear, folks, if you are a dieter, if you are overweight and want to lose weight, and you've been trying to do it for 5, 10, 20 years, you've got to watch out. The most, the easiest way to hypnotize a dieter is to say. Uh, I just lost 30 pounds last, over the last two weeks. Would you like to know how? That's an induction because it stops your rational, logical thinking and you just go into just tell me what to do. You've got to stop doing that. Don't be impressed by how fast someone has lost weight and I know it's hard to do that. When you hear someone says, oh, you know what's been working great for me? I've been doing keto and I lost 30 pounds this month. Okay, when I hear that, I say, how long have you been doing that for? That's what I'm concerned with. How long program yourself then is built on the shoulders of people that have lost weight and kept it off for at least two years. I'm focused on weight mastery, living at your goal for the rest of your life. I'm not concerned with people that get all of a sudden fired up, do some extreme plan and lose some weight. Okay. So the next time you hear someone, and again, this isn't that you take, I'm, I'm proud of you, great job. But the next time you hear someone say, oh, I lost this much weight doing intermittent fasting and keto, I want you to say, how long have you been doing it for? Oh, I just started this month. Hmm, okay. And now ask yourself, is that something I would want to do long-term? You got to start thinking that way. So you said, I definitely feel anxiety about being catcalled or being looked at. Yeah, exactly, Sophie, yeah. I, I mean, that that's exactly it. And so, so Sophie, so remember when I was just talking about, Deb asked about throwing out the leftovers, right? This is the exact same thing. You have this subconscious incongruency. Let me, listen, folks, all of you, I don't know you and I know this, you consciously, logically want to lose weight more than anything in the world and you subconsciously weigh exactly what you want to weigh. And so for Sophie, it's like, I want to lose weight consciously, subconsciously. If I lose weight, I'm going to be in danger for men or I'm going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be awkward. I don't want to deal with that. So I'll just stick with what I'm dealing with here. And you're stuck in this this trap. And so you have to come to a point that says, uh, I don't want to be catcalled, so I'm going to stay overweight. That's my strategy I'm going to rely on to not be catcalled to avoid attention from men. Consciously, you make this decision through and through. Or you say, you know what? I'm going to find other ways to deal with the catcalling. I'm going to find other ways to keep myself safe. I am not going to allow men to control my weight and my health and ultimately my lifespan. I am going to weigh what I want to weigh. And I'm going to figure out other strategies to deal with this. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not trying to say like, oh, there's just some simple strategy. But you're never thinking in this way either. So you're never even on a path to figure out what the strategy is. And that strategy is going to make all the difference in the world for you. Um, so got to get past that fear first. Yeah, well, it's not like you need to get past the fear. What, what you need is a better strategy, right? Your strategy... Oh, thanks, Jana. That's a cool one. I haven't seen that. Your strategy right now is to be overweight to avoid the cat calling the attention. That's the strategy that's working for you and that you're relying on. And so you need a better strategy. It might be to get pepper spray, get get really good at self-defense. It might be to wear frumpy clothes when you go out. It, it, you know what I mean? Like, it could be any number of other strategies, you see? But right now, the best strategy you have available to you is to be overweight. You know what I mean? So so it's not, a, it's not getting past a fear. You can get past the fear and there's still no strategy. You're still nervous. You need a better strategy to deal with that that fear, I guess. Right. Um, but you don't, you're not just getting past the fear. You need a better strategy to deal with it. I hope that makes sense. You've been walking so much. Well done. Yes. Um, Hey Mary, I agree with you about the just, it's all mindset. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. My motivation was diagnosis of diabetes. That's a great motivation. And again, let me just, I got to get out of here in a second. Um, because I have a coaching call coming up again. If you guys want to work with me, you can work with me in my program. Um, But go to my bio, click that link, get the hypnosis session and um, watch the training I give you. Anyways, that's all free. And I send you emails every day. I do a lot of stuff for free to you as well. But tick fifty forty three five four five six really hits the nail on the head. This is the secret. You need better motivation. Your motivation sucks right now, folks, because you just want to look better. And you've been conditioned to think that way. Every diet ad you've seen is a before and after picture, how long it took to get there. And so you think about weight loss as the motivation. I just want to look better. Wanting to look better is the shittiest form of motivation. It's literally called an extrinsic motive. It's the weakest form of motivation. Real motivation comes when there's something real at stake. Something, again, we call it intrinsic, but it has to be something like, again, really internalizing a diagnosis of diabetes. Okay, now all of a sudden it's a functional thing. Listen, if you're 45 plus, stop with the wanting to look better as your main thing. Please fucking stop it. We're talking about literally your lifespan, your quality of life, your independence, your mobility your freedom, your ability to get on the floor with your grandkids, your ability to go on adventures as you get older. Fuck how you look in a bathing suit. <laughs> I'm joking. I want you to look good in a bathing suit too, but it's not enough motivation. You need to internalize this. Your weight is going to dictate how well your knees hold up, your hips hold up, your diabetes, if you have feet. You know what I mean? Like It's, it's literally everything in your life is going to be impacted by your weight, your health, the foods you're eating, and your lifestyle. So upgrade that motivation. It's not hard. You've just been conditioned to think about your motivation very superficially. I just want to look better. That ain't enough, okay? I binged for a month and feel awful. How do I recover? After dieting for a year and losing the weight. Ah, Sarah. I know, and you're the reason, you are exactly the reason I do these for free every day because I know people are so motivated, taking so much action, but you get the shittiest strategy in the world, which is dieting. And there's always this blowback effect. I I wish I had time to talk more about this. I mean, basically, I'll give you the, the shorthand version of when you binge, when you make a mistake, even if it lasts a month, is you learn from it. You know, what triggered, what triggers most binges? The number one thing is over-restricting. The second thing is emotional reasons. That is probably a little bit of both, but mostly you over-restricted for a year dieting and now there's a blowback for it. Now you binge for a month and now you feel completely off track. So you're not off track, okay? You learn from that and you get back on track and you grow. I wish I could talk about this more because this is, I would love to. Um, I'm so aware, but I keep on sabotaging myself. You're not sabotaging yourself, folks. You don't have the programming. You know, I would say like, I don't know know how to speak Chinese, okay? But if I said, I wish I I could just start speaking Chinese, like am I sabotaging myself because I don't speak it? No, I don't know how to speak it. Like there's no, I don't know how to do it. You do not know how to think like a thin and healthy person. You don't know how to live at your goal weight. You never focus on that ever. You, fo- you have two mindsets, an overweight mindset and a dieter mindset. And you just keep flip-flopping between them. And so there, there's no sabotaging going on. There's a complete lack of strategy to live at your goal weight because you do not know how to think like a thin and healthy person, and you never learn that. Um, the opposite, I don't want to be catcalled and looked at. LOL. <laughs> uh funny. funny. That's how it is. Everyone's different, though. You know what I mean? It's just that that's how it is. Oh, You guys are so good. You got so good here, and I got to get out of here. Oh man. Um, I like your background. Yeah. Thank you. I like that too. Skinny people don't diet. True story. True story. That's what I mean. Like, so that, that's the mindset you got to put your head in and that's what we're doing program yourself. Then I got to get out of here. I got a coaching call coming up, but, um, thank you so much guys. You guys are awesome. This was getting so good. I wish I could keep talking to you all, but I got to go. Um, again, go to my bio, click that link, get the hypnosis session. Listen to the podcast podcast is program yourself. Then it's on all the main things and, um, it, it'll help you out. Okay. So have a great day and we'll talk soon. Bye.